Good morning, everyone. This is Andrew Levy, and I'm back with uh, one of my occasional podcasts, perhaps not so occasional, and uh, delighted to talk to you uh, this morning or this afternoon or whenever you happen to be listening. And right now I want to talk about a a very current issue, uh, and that is can you compel employees to have a COVID vaccination? And not to uh, keep you sitting on the edge of your seat, the short answer is yes, you certainly can, but I think we need to dig a little bit deeper than that to find out the whys and the wherefores. Now, the first thing that happens if you've got someone who doesn't want to be vaccinated, and by the way, this applies to so many other things, is they are going to start bleating about the Constitution. It's my constitutional right. And the one thing you can be absolutely sure of, and that is that people who bleat about their constitutional rights have never read the Constitution and, frankly, probably wouldn't understand it if they did. The Constitution is a fairly complex document, and it's like a membrane. Some things pass through it, others do not. Um, We ought to be very proud of our Constitution. It's the best one in the world. It's the most modern. It's the most recent. So it's got all the benefits of lessons learned in the past. But be that as it may, the Constitution uh, has to tread a fine line as a balancing act. Let me give you an example. Yes, the individual has the right to economic freedom to run a business. The collectivity, on the other hand, have a right to strike. Now, my right to run my business goes as far as not allowing people to interfere with my business or to take steps which will try and bring my business to its knees. But on the other hand, that's exactly what a strike can do. And so here we have two competing rights, and a decision has to be made. Now, what people frequently don't know is there is a clause in the Constitution, uh, it's sometimes called the Limitations Clause, which basically says you may bypass the Constitution, you may ignore the Constitution, you may limit the application of the Constitution provided it is a law of general application, so there can be no uh, slanting or discrimination. It applies to you, but not to you. So it applies to everybody. This law of uh, um, universal application, which is necessary in a democracy. Okay, so it then anchors it to a democratic uh, environment. And uh, if, in fact, it says this is necessary to protect that environment, then we can limit, we can ignore some protections. And ultimately, the Constitution takes the view that the individual right to run your business is not as important as the collective right to strike. In other words, the collective right to strike outweighs the right to run a business. And so for the purposes of industrial action, provided it follows the uh, the LRA mechanism, the individual right is less important and is limited, uh, does not apply. So that is the first thing. And obviously, if we look at a situation where we say, well, if one person refuses to get vaccinated and we can do nothing about it because he has a constitutional right, and that one person passes it on to a whole number of other people, some of whom may die, 
Is that right? Is that okay? Where the exercise of his individual right may, in point of fact, lead to all sorts of negatives for a, a greater number. And that's another example, and the example we happen to be talking about today, of the limitation of a constitutional right. Another way of um, looking at it, perhaps, is to remember what the utilitarian philosophers, people like John Stuart Mill, Jeremy Bentham said, um, and their test was the greatest good for the greatest number. And that really is a very, very similar thing. So if we come to the situation we're looking at now, yes, I do have a right to say to people, you can't touch my body, you can't force me to undergo any medical treatment, you can't inject me with a substance that I don't want, but that's not the end of it. Because every act has consequences. So you have the right to take that view. But if, in point of fact, there is a competing interest which says, well, we need to provide a safe working environment for all our employees, and that is more important than you as an individual, then in point of fact, it's the majority in that sense who will triumph. So what that again boils down to is very simple. Okay, you can exercise your right not to be vaccinated, but then you can't come to work. Simple as that. It's not unfair. It's not an unfair labor practice. It's not unlawful. It's simply a consequence. And always remember that rights have consequences. Rights don't exist in a vacuum. And when you exercise a right, there are going to be consequences. And in this case, they're quite severe. Now, this, of course, raises the next issue, and that is, okay, if you're not working, do you have a right to be paid? Now, some people will probably say, yes, you do, because you can't suspend without pay. That is a different situation. Here, uh, the employee who is refusing to be vaccinated uh, is the author of their own situation, so to speak. We have the obligation to protect the greater number, um, and would it be okay, uh, would it make sense if we said, uh, well, you know, you can sit at home, but I've got to pay you, and effectively you'll sit there until you retire, and I'm compelled to pay. Can that make sense? Obviously not. And as I always say, trust your common sense. And if you can stretch a thing to the nth degree, it just doesn't apply. It doesn't make sense. And by the way, that is a device called reductio ad absurdum. And it's used in philosophy and in logic to test a proposition. So if you stretch it to its nth degree and you say, could it still hold true? And the answer is no, it can't. It can't be so that someone can sit at home for their entire working life and command to be paid. So there is a way around it. And the way around it is a very simple legal principle, which is always worth knowing, particularly with regard to work, and that is the principle of enrichment. And the principle of enrichment simply says, no person can be enriched at another's expense. So if you don't give me your labor, and I don't get enriched by your labor, then you have no right to be enriched by remuneration from me because then it would be an unfair trade. You would be benefiting at my expense. So you do not have to pay. 
And, of course, the next thing that uh, follows on from this question, well, if they can be suspended without pay, can I terminate them? And the answer, again, in my opinion, and I must stress it's in my opinion, but uh, uh, this is obviously something we've kicked around a lot. When I say we, I mean the, um, uh, the Labour lawyers and the uh, Labour writers and the Labour thinkers amongst ourselves. And there is a, uh, a predominant view, I would say, which f- favours this interpretation. And that simply says, well, this doesn't go on forever. Um, you may terminate them. Now, just remember, what are you going to have to show when you terminate to keep it fair? One, that you looked at all other alternatives. Could this person work from home? Is it possible to isolate them in the workplace? Is it possible for them to do their job at some different time when other people aren't around? Does their job involve uh, supervising people with whom they have to mingle and so on and so forth? And if you can show you've looked at all the alternatives and there are none, then the last thing you need to do is to drop them a note, not a formal disciplinary hearing, please, 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 drop them a note saying, look, this is the route we think we're going to have to follow before we make a final decision. Is there anything you want us to take into account in arriving at a conclusion? And that, of course, is uh, giving life to the Audi Altrim Partem rule, here the other side, which is the essence of fairness. So, to sum up, you can insist on it. People have the right to say, well, not me. That must be respected. But then there are consequences. And amongst the consequences are that you can simply say, well, stay at home and think about it for a week or two. Because if you continue with your refusal, I may have to terminate you. You're not going to get paid. That's the principle of enrichment. So don't tell me you can't suspend without pay. And once I've looked around, can't find anything, and give you an opportunity to uh, have some input, I can then decide to terminate you. And by the way, the termination, I think, just to be safe, would be with notice. I mean, you certainly can make a case for summary dismissal, dismissal without notice. But I think under the circumstances, possibly not. So there you are. That is a view on that current issue. Uh, And of course, if you have any questions, you want to talk to me about it, then please feel free, drop me a line, uh, an email, give me a call, and I'm happy to talk further. Thank you, and we'll see you in our next podcast. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.